0: Before we start today, we'd like to talk about the fine, upsetting gentlemen that sponsor this here podcast, Cheapskate Hockey.
1: Cheapskate Hockey is without a doubt the best in the hockey apparel business, boasting a range of headwear, shirts, sweaters, and jerseys for guys and girls, as well as a bunch of handy add-ons like air fresheners, helmet decals, and for those of you that like to get a little creative, pins and patches. Wow,
0: but Holy Park listeners are in luck, as you're all privy to a discount code at Cheapskate Hockey. All you need to do is go to their website... Cheapskatehockey.com, buy some stuff and at your cart enter, holy puck, and you'll get a raging 15% off your purchase.
1: Cheapskate hockey, the game you proudly love, now has clothing you can proudly wear. Alright, hang on. Calm your tits.
0: That's it. This is episode 50 of the Holy Pot Podcast. I am John. With me always is Cam, who has unfortunately dialed it in due to real life. We're here to talk a little hockey, a lot of shit. More importantly, respect that sidebar. There's so much to discuss this week. We're in a knee-deep or balls-deep, in fact, in round two of the playoffs. The ABS have missed out on the number one pick, which was hilarious for anyone paying attention. There's pending legal action. Dudes are on drugs. Cocaine's made a resurgence within the league. Wow, Cam, there's so much going on this week, so much to talk about. How are you doing? How's your world looking?
1: I like how you say Coke's made a resurgence, as though it actually went anywhere.
0: Yeah, well, I suppose well, this, I, isn't, this isn't 1982 Brooklyn. That's the thing, I get. I, you may, I, I make a good point. You make a good point. But yeah, let's move on.
1: I don't make good points. I make great points. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do.
0: Yeah, with this hair, how dare you? How
1: dare you? No, you're right, though. There's plenty to discuss both on and off the ice today, but... um. Yeah, and, and, and I actually don't even know where to begin with some of it. There's so much outrage in so many different areas of the whole world at the moment. It's just, I was talking to somebody about it today, about the, the grand scheme of the sporting pyramid and how, you know, in North America, it's very much football and then baseball and, and then the NBA and how hockey's forever pissing and moaning about, oh, you know, we're the shitty little cousin and we need to catch up with the NBA and we need to do this and we need to do that. Stop making so many bad decisions.
0: I'm, you know what? I agree, and I have to say though that content this week has not, as it's, it's it's all been great. Like, and there's so much to talk about. I don't know if we can. We, haven't, it we in. haven't
1: struggled for content. But what,
0: it's. I mean, it's the playoffs. Um, ridiculous things have been said. Hats have been eaten. Um, Pens fans have torn up memberships. It's just been phenomenal all week. And I got I got to say, there's I'm nothing short of having a good time. Like. I, I always have a good time anyway, mainly because I'm stupid, but this is great. Like, this is really, really good. Like,
1: every- But do, do, you, do you ever find yourself trying to... So, like, let's say you're trying to explain hockey to someone who's not a hockey fan, right? And you tell them all the all the good, obvious things. They're like, wow, that sounds really cool. And they get a little bit interested. And then they read an article such as the the whole and. <laughs> <laughs> Crosby thing and everyone just goes it, 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 like everybody gets Forrest Whitaker eye right? yeah. like they look at you like like you're trying to explain yeah. that to a co-worker and they read that article and they look at you and you're like I don't get it They're like, like none, yeah. of, none of this makes any sense I, and if there's an on ice penalty why isn't this happening or yeah. why does this happen and why is this person outraged? Yeah. and you're like I don't even know how to explain it dude like yeah. everyone's a fucking idiot yeah and then they look at this, you and they go are
0: you a fucking yeah, idiot okay. yeah okay everyone's yeah, yeah, a fucking
1: yeah. idiot I Including think you, you. Two are a fucking idiot, <laughs> and now I'm no longer interested in this sport. Like, if people could just watch the game, they'd be like, you know what, red hot, I'm all in. And then they just delve a little further, and the entire charade around all things NHL will give you Forrest Whitaker Eye. Right? It is oh,
0: it's Oh, it's, it's just going nuts right now. So, there's so much to talk about. Um, th- this week has just gone crazy. Uh, the internet has literally blown up. Like, there's so much content going on right now. If you're, if you're, if you're not even watching the game right now, and you're only watching your feed, there's almost as much entertainment coming out of the internet right now in regards to hockey as a, as opposed to what's actually happening on the ice, which is also interesting. So, it's just well, gone crazy. I, I, I don't
1: know what's more exciting, playoff hockey, or reading articles posted by pissy members of the. Pittsburgh slash Greater Hockey Media just bemoaning the treatment of Person X and how this is a oh, conspiracy. The butt is just so like huge. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't read like it's been written by a like an accredited journalist anymore. No, it reads Half like a four year old street, who's it, on a tirade. It, it, it looks like someone's eleven year old got really upset that their favorite player didn't win. Oh, it's and they just they've spewed it onto a page.
0: It's actually gone crazy, like. It's it's just it's just ridiculous. So you know, do, do you want to get into it now? Do, well, let's just get into the quick and not so shit hits, and then we'll, then we'll, we'll then we'll revisit because I feel like this we need we just need to get through the through the regular segs, and then we'll get into it knee deep because right. I, I'm I'm prepped and ready. But I, I'm just oh my god, there's there's too much. So I'm gonna kick it off this week um, because I've been getting constant fucking Kovachuk updates, and let me tell you, every fucking day, Jim sends me a fucking new dog shit rumor. He's going to the fucking, he's going, he's going to Vegas. He's going to, to Jersey. He's going to the fucking Rangers. He's going to the Habs. No one cares. So Kovachaka yeah, is, of, <laughs>
1: for those of you playing at home, by the way, Jim is John's unfortunate looking younger brother. Has possibly top 10 worst haircuts of all time. <laughs> easily. And is and, and, and to his credit, bless his cotton socks, is a diehard Diehard new, uh, new Jersey Devils fan, three thick and thin.
0: Yeah, and 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 so therefore, the fact that, that Kovalchuk is coming is has announced to the world somehow, obviously through his agent, that he wants to come back to the NHL next year. He was pre- prepped and ready to go, feels good, and wants to revisit negotiations for the 17-18 uh, season. And I've been giving him the G up ever since he told me that this was happening because, of course, I fucking knew about it before you did. And additionally, I've been like... And literally every time he mentions it, I'm like, I just respond back with, "Best deal is the is the devils picking him up, moving him on immediately for picks every time." And he's like, "Fucking stop it! He's going, he's gonna play for us!" Like every time, he's getting buttoned. No, it's so your good. brother's an
1: idiot. He's not playing for you. Here's the thing, Ray Ray Shiro hasn't even spoken to Cobble Chuck's agent yet, so everybody needs to calm the farm a little bit there. Um, That's right. Devils De- fans, devils fans aren't going to be down. particularly happy if they bring him back. That's obviously going to be a sign and trade. It just depends what they can get for him. But I mean, his value is going to be significantly diminished anyway because if every other, if every if the other thirty teams knows that you are forced to trade him, they're just going to lowball the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, they're obviously
0: gonna sling him for like a medium, medium like pizza and coke combo, like in, in regards to co- player contracts. But that being said, like he's, he has suggested he'd like to return, and I think this is probably going to be one of the funnier things to play out because, I mean, obviously it's going to tie in with some sort of Vegas deal or three way trade, and I think that's great. And I feel like, additionally, why Devils fans are all up and about is because they've literally had nothing to talk about all year. Because I mean, how many articles can you read about Taylor Hall, like?
1: Well, here's the thing, though. Not many. It, it, well, here, here's the thing. <laughs> the, the one thing I will credit your brother with is that he very well could end up in Las Vegas. They need to get to the cap floor and they need marquee players. Like, you know, so like, like the Sedins so have gone on record and said, we don't want to leave Vancouver. We're not going to weigh that clause, right? So you can't just grab those two, you know, those two blokes to get to your cap floor cobble shark pay him over there's a marquee player
0: he doesn't have to play a second but there's, there's a marquee s- player not there's a story on
1: he plays in the khl he likes drugs and gambling
0: and, and you know what we should have been on this months ago holy shit
1: the other one is though too um and we're being a little presumptuous here but montreal <laughs> have a love of russian forwards i could see the uh i could see the the canadians in in a desperate final bid to make the most of Kerry Price's final contract year grabbing him as well and just loading up and going from there. That's Jesus. A big thing.
0: Jesus, that's a that's a that's a like a, a hit and hope slash swing and a miss in one. It's like watching someone well, it's fall very, over on
1: it's the, very like, Montreal.
0: It's like someone slip and fall on like wet concrete. Like you know it's gonna happen and you know where they're gonna fall and break their collarbone or something, but it's gonna be worth it nonetheless.
1: Don't laugh at that man. I was walking in the city two years ago when it was raining and some guy near me slipped and fell on the concrete and because he was such a mook, he grabbed out onto me for support and dragged me down with him. Thankfully, I landed on top of him and he broke my fall and he was really hurt.
0: (laughs) Well, you're not a small dude. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so, you know, he should have taken his head. And going down Sans dignity, and going down alone, not trying to take someone else along for the ride. Everyone knows but... that
0: if you fall over in public, you go down Sans dignity, and you wear it like a man. You, it doesn't that's... matter. Doesn't matter if you lose your shorts. Doesn't matter if you lose your pants. No one cares. Stand up with those free balls, and you let them fly. And that's how it is in the city, man.
1: It's rock. Someone tried. Someone tried to tell me off when it happened as well. Because when he took, like you know, I was like, "Fuck, man, you need to watch what you're doing." And this woman walking next to us was like. You're not being very nice. He's just fallen and hurt himself. I'm like, get fucked. To down get with, with him. You. I can say fuck what that. I want.
0: Yeah, fuck that guy. Oh, my God.
1: Anyway, look, I'm not sure how he we went from Ilya Kovalechuk to me getting taken down in the Melbourne CBD. But look, it was an interesting segue, and I'm glad we made it.
0: I feel like the metaphor stands.
1: Yeah, look, I've got no problem with it. Um, Speaking of completely useless tidbits, uh, apparently the Buffalo Sabres are asking around the league, and I think it's at the point now where the <laughs> – they're pretty much wanting to speak to anybody who could potentially build their vacant GM slot. There was literally 10 to 15 people they've reached out to whose names I can't remember, but the one that had me in stitches.
0: Oh, yeah, this is probably they, the best they, one.
1: They, they asked Arizona if they could speak to 27 year old John Chaker, who's only one year into his job. Like, I love the rationale. They're like, look, Arizona had a tough year. We're going to see if they're desperate to part ways with them in mean, Arizona ownership or like. No, no, no. We bought this guy in with a long term big picture plan. We're not firing him after seven months. That's something you guys would do. We're not doing that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, I'm big on this. I love the I love the strategy. What do we do? Um, let's just talk to every fire GM for the last three years and see what they're up to.
1: I, just, I reckon they, they, they just did like a um they did a general mail out, right? They just exported the company's address book and sent it out and it had a just had a GIF in there that said <laughs> gm wanted just on cycle yeah. and they were just they waited for the replies and <laughs> they, know, got they, no got one. Some, they got some good replies back like dean dean lombardi's like dude fuck yeah get me in for an interview unfortunately so was dean lombardi's nine-year-old nephew who also got the same email i was like yeah i'll take the job yeah, yeah.
0: i i do feel like more importantly though it would have been like the board's all sitting around like okay what do we do now we've complied with jackie we've fired everybody What do we do about the GM thing? Because we really need one of those before we can pick a coach. And then like everyone's sitting there racking their brain. Like, what do we do? Like the board's sitting there in the boardroom. They're like, well, fuck. I don't even remember when we hired the last GM. What do we do? And then the intern's like, don't we just Google it? And then so it is just, like, Googled, like, fired coaches, and then they just emailed them. I feel like that's about as much preparation as the Buffalo Sabres have done recently. Oh, sorry, the Buffalo Eichels well, have done lately.
1: The, the great thing about them um, desperately needing a GM before they can make a coaching appointment is that the longer this takes, the less awesome their coaching selection is going to be. Uh, yeah. And subsequently, they're going <laughs> to yeah. waste another year on Young Jackie Boy's contract, which is great. It's great, oh, it's great, it's great, for it's great news for everyone, it's great for everyone. in Buffalo Hockey.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, like... You're absolutely right. Like the longer you wait to secure a decent GM, means the longer it's going to take to secure a decent coach. You really need like the combo deal. So I feel like Mm. that's that that they're so far and away from actually getting something good. This is going to be so good for the next few years. Sorry for the 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 greater city city of um of Buffalo. You know, I mean, it sucks for them, but I mean, at least they got Eichel.
1: Nothing says desirable location like a team that's totally shambolic from the top down. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, funny segue. People who aren't shambolic from the head down, the heart nominees have been announced. Uh, earlier yeah. this week and the so far they are sergey Bobrovsky. if you're in fact aware of who sergey is sydney crosby and of course conor mcdavid mcdavid conor mcjesus
1: Mac- conor mc- mcdavid guys right, it's, it, it's official john has taken a role as some kind of runway mc conor mcdavid he's trying to trying to ugh. juge up conor Connor mcdavid's surname keen hey so who have you got uh, I would say Connor McDavid. I mean, surely he's the single most valuable player to the team. Like the very definition of MV of the Hart Award is the most valuable player to their team. Like Sidney Crosby is obviously incredible. There are other incredible players in Pittsburgh. Sergei's had a great year, but so have a number of Blue Jackets, namely Cam Atkinson and whatnot, um, and you know Zach Werenski. But you look at the Oilers. Let's be honest: no Connor, no Oilers. Surely. The logical extension of that is he is the MVP.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, uh, that was the obvious name out of my out of that list for sure. Like I don't know. I, I feel like it almost feels like they might, in sympathy, give it to Sid now. But I th- I feel like you you can't look past McDavid and they love Big Like they've they've been all about him for ever since he joined. So look, this
1: is a, this is a pretty crass oversimplification. But for me, it's really simple. Look at the Oilers before McDavid was drafted, and look at where they're at now.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's pretty basic. It so works it's, for it's, me.
1: It's, it's, it's pretty simple. Pre-McDavid draft, they couldn't get out of the NHL cellar, even with multiple top picks. Now- oh, mcdavid drafting, they are currently leading a Western Conference Round 2 final series. Playoff series, I should say.
0: Yeah, so what you're really saying is, before, bad. Now, Good. <laughs>
1: Like, Look if I was to <laughs> deliver a Las Vegas Golden Night Star PowerPoint presentation, yeah, yeah. I it wouldn't launch properly yeah, and the yeah. overhead projector would die. And so if you had to lean on, on flip chart butcher's paper. It'd be a bit it'd be a picture of a tire fire. Yeah, yeah. And that would be pre-connor. And then it would be rainbows and unicorns and that yeah. would be post-connor. I like, think the answer is obviously Connor.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just be like literally two pictures. Good. Bad. Good. And look, e-
1: even Bad. even if there was even <laughs> if there was reasoning for Sidney Crosby getting the award, you've got to look at it big picture, right? The NHL, again, in all their desperation to maintain market share and continue to grow in, in in America, cool. You've got and you've got a very young, absolute hotshot stud of the game who's going to be around for twenty years. What can you do to market him to a wider audience? Like economy McDavid needs to be. You know, Adele Beckham Jr. He needs to be Manny Machado. He needs to be, you know, Steph Curry. Yeah, like give
0: him that, a trophy. They need that
1: visibility. And, you know, give him a trophy. A, an MVP award in your second year in the league. That's a pretty good way to get started.
0: Yeah, yeah, give him a trophy. That's all we're saying. Give him the trophy. Let him be the poster child that he so obviously deserves and already is, especially in Edmonton. Um, and then this mm. is great. This is great. Speaking of things that are great, but only for our own enjoyment... My God, (laughs) what is happening down in Florida? My God. So for those of you who aren't aware of what occurred in Florida this week, other than most notably a few dumpster fires on the way there, Michelle Therrien interviewed for the Panthers head coaching gig this week. Cameron, let me start by saying, whoa! That
1: makes my my brain hurt so much. And there's so (laughs) many people I feel sorry for down there like, I Everyone. love Aaron Ecklad, I love Keith Yandel, Alexander Barkov, Nick Dugstad. There's so many good, talented young players down there who are fun to watch, who are going to do a lot in the NHL. Oh, yeah. And who are, who are like genuinely explosive, exciting talents. And Florida's like, hey, you know who we should interview? We should interview a coach whose track record with, with suggests he's really yeah. good at taking high-power defensive players and turning them into very defensively responsible, grinders. However, boring yeah. grinders, and then not supplementing the offensive firepower in any capacity, and the team bottoming out.
0: Yeah, and basically destroying the the I guess the, the 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 twilight, not the twilight years, but the actual meat and potatoes years of dead set superstars, and basically wasting away their careers.
1: Cool. It's actually it's actually incredible. Like I look at this, right? He would walk into that team, and he'd be like, "Oh, Barkov, first line center." Absolute, absolute phenom. Yeah. want say say to Alan. the fourth we're line. Gonna, we're we're going to put you on the fourth line, yeah. and I want you to be a defensive zone faceoff specialist. And he's like, uh, "But Michelle, I scored sixty points this year." He's like, "No, now you're going to score no points. Yeah. But you're going to be very good at defensive zone faceoffs."
0: And he's like, "Why? Why would you? Why would you do that?" And and then everyone in the locker room is like, "Oh, it's because we hired a shit coach in the off Oh.
1: So he walks uh, over to Keith Yandel's locker room and he goes, Keith, Keith your who? bread and butter has been most Handles. of your career Keith been Handles. manning the power play. You're very good as a point man on the power play. We love that. Look, we're not going to have a power play anymore because what we want to do is just give away lots of silly penalties and be on the penalty kill a lot. And I just want you to sit on the bench and earn your $7 million there. Does that sound good? Does that sound fun? He's like, oh, yeah.
0: And you know what he does? He, so he took off his skates, threw on his sandals and just – Went to the beach because what else is that?
1: Oh, is that because his name's Keith Chandles? It is, it is indeed, it is indeed. My god, it's so, abso- so absolutely, it, it, it's absolute insanity. It's like, actually raining like it's there's a lot of good coaches off the market, but for the life of me, anyone like, else, I, I, please, I, I'm never going to understand the NHL power broker's insistence on recycling dudes who've proven they can't do it as opposed to giving someone else to go like, like like if you're a season ticket holder for the Panthers, if if you're a season ticket holder for the Panthers, right? What would you rather see? They give it a crap with another option. Maybe it doesn't work out and you're only a year behind. Or they try the same old shit and it doesn't go anywhere again.
0: Um, If I was a fan, I would go for option A. But if you're an old boy power broker in the league, it feels like you recycle it and make it boring and then therefore make the team non-competitive in three years. Thoughts?
1: Like, if I'm a Flyers fan, right, and you know things didn't go particularly well this season, but I'm not going to sit there and criticize management and go, "Oh, well, fuck them for getting a collegiate coach in." What? What was your other option? They go, "Oh, yeah, fuck them. They got a collegiate coach. They should have made." No, at least they Michelle gave it a Terrian crack, though. Hey? Like, at least they tried something. No, at least like they tried a something. A little bit of effort.
0: At least they tried something different. At least they tried to mix it up a little bit. Like the Yotes bringing in a young coach, a, a young, a young GM. Genius. We've reported them many, many times. In fact, we reported them earlier in this show. Um, but again, recycling the old same dudes for no good reason other than the fact that he has an above point five track record, but only barely. Um, what's worth it? Is it? Is it really worth it? Or maybe be, use a little bit of creativity. That's all we're saying. I'm not saying give us the job, but you know, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn it down.
1: The, the NHL sounds like a haven. For white men over the age of 55 who are creatively redundant.
0: Uh, fat white men. You forgot. Sorry,
1: man. Mm. Oh, sorry, my mistake. My mistake. Anyway, moving on because that'll upset us. Uh, Scott Darling has been flipped to the Canes for a third rounder in this year's entry draft. Keep in mind, it doesn't mean he is a cane. They've, they've essentially uh, obtained his negotiation rights as he can bolt as a true UFA on July 1. However... I think uh, Carolina have a very strong chance of re-signing him because I think they showed a lot this year. They're actually not that far off. They've made a couple of good runs. Uh, and it's a good deal for Chicago because he would have walked for nothing and they would have lost him in expansion. So good deal for both teams. John, do you see Scott staying with Carolina or will he go?
0: I I don't know if I see him staying there, but I I I want him to stay. Like I like the Carolina Hurricanes. Like, I mean, for, for two years in a row, I've sat next to Ben and I've watched I've watched them nearly make it two years in a row. And him literally counting the points and watching them fail. And I'm like, you know what? Kane's fans deserve a crack. And I feel like Scott Darling is he's he's I think he's a starter. I think he's got the he's got the experience now playing with the Wackhawks. I feel like definitely he would be a good fit there. They're a young team. He's a younger kind of guy. I think, I think it works. And I think he's definitely an upgrade for both Ward and Lack. And I feel like at least one of them may end up in Vegas as a backup, um, if not a true tandem perspective. So, I mean, hopefully it's Eddie Lack because at least he's better than Ward. But I'd like to see him stay there. Um, I, I hope he stays. Cam?
1: I'm going to say I don't hope he stays. I am confident he will stay. Not because he's in love with Carolina and he's been wowed by the geographical location, but because he knows Carolina probably are not going to be in Carolina for much longer.
0: Yeah, true. Maybe they tell him where and he buys a house there instead, as opposed I to think, wasting I think all so. this cash. I,
1: I think they have a pretty real conversation. They're like, look, Scott, you're coming yeah. in. You're obviously going to be our number one. <laughs> Let's be real. In 12 months, we're not going to be the Carolina Hurricanes. We're going Either back to Hartford. be food. the rebranded Hartford Whalers or the Indiana Hurricanes or the Quebec Nordiques or who fucking cares, really? You yeah. could be called the North Dakota Dick Traps for all I care, as long as it's yeah. not in yeah. Carolina. Yeah.
0: yeah, as long as I can get more than nine people to a game. Well, I mean, more than nine paying customers, let's be honest. Uh, you know what, I, I agree and I love that we're still on like this like annoying mid east, some piece of shit town is gonna like build like some multi-million dollar stadium tomorrow and they're just gonna move there. I feel like that's like pretty realistic, you know, like somewhere in Indiana, like I don't know. I don't know, who knows? You know.
1: I I'm desperately clinging to something happening in Hartford still though. Like I I couldn't be happy with the Hartford hurricanes, man. Like even if they struck a happy medium, right? And they the said, alliteration to alone back is perfect. Hartford, perfect. And we want to bring back the Hartford colorway because a, the That's Hurricanes sick. uniforms look like rip Curl t-shirts. No one gives a shit. But they also say we understand you got some attachment to the Hurricanes name. Hartford Hurricanes.
0: Oh, uh, the alliteration alone is like just asking for a sweet, sweet uni. Like they'll obviously update everything, and it'll just be sick. I, I would, I would get a shirzy for sure.
1: Yeah. Hartford Hurricanes, I'm into it. Yeah, Get you are. Board. Yeah,
0: you are. You knew it. You knew hey, it. Um,
1: very quickly, our ACHL club of choice, which is, of course, the Worcester Railers, have announced an affiliation with the Islanders, the NHL level, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, the AHL level. That's pretty cool. Also interesting that a team from Massachusetts has now formed an affiliation with a team from New York. Yeah, that Ooh. is weird.
0: Does that suggest something on the move, a.k.a. the Islanders, perhaps?
1: Hmm. You be the judge. Uh, no, I look, I don't think that's I don't think there's anything to read in there. I just think it makes sense for them. I mean, let's be honest, like they're, you know, they're not that far apart geographically, so I I understand that it's not a huge inconvenience to send players up and down. Um
0: It's an annoying train I just, ride, I think you'll find. Again.
1: Yeah, I just I, I just think it's really interesting. All the, you know, 100 years of Boston-New York sports rivalry and now you've got a Massachusetts team with an affiliation to a New York team. A oh, loyalty low Yeah.
0: Yeah, speaking of all things lololol, we got it right. The following coach has been announced for the Jack Items Award this year, and they are Torts, Babs, and Todd McClellan.
1: Woo What do you mean we got it right? You've been championing Trots and old mate Brucey Sauceface all year.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm sad that Brucey Sauceface didn't get a crack. But that being said, his team like bowing out in straight sets probably didn't help his chances.
1: He was so salty, though, when they said he always is the better team. And he's like, well, we were. We just didn't get the bounces. And then you review the data. You're like, wrong. Fuck, I, think the, I, I think, no, no. B, like, I think Minnesota actually were the better team. Jake Allen just killed them.
0: Yeah. And if Jeezy's not playing well at the minute, hey, eh? Oh, my God.
1: I don't know what they do in Minnesota, hey, because I kind of feel like, like they were very heavily loaded up for this run. Martin Hansel's uh, reportedly said flatly he's not going to re-sign with the wild. Um, Parise and Suda are another year older. Um, obviously due to the expansion draft rules, they are going to lose at least one very good defenseman. Like, cause they've got Brudine, yeah, yeah. Dumbar, Scandella. They've got all those dudes. So they're going to lose one of those kids. So they're going to be down one of their defensemen. They're going to, or, um, you know, parts of their core are going to be significantly older. And Parise, Suda, Kuevu certainly not a spring chicken. Um, do we feel that the Minnesota Wilds' best shot has now been gone? Jeez,
0: you're not far off, hey. I mean, I feel really bad for him because, like, I feel like... I mean, if anyone's going to get upset, it's going to be Brucey. But I, you, I feel like you're right. Like, a lot of their core is super old now. And, like, especially a year on, um, they didn't do very well last year. This year, it's, uh, it's not what they expected. I feel like the, the whole organization is going to be kind of, like well we've th- kind of thrown everything at this what do we do now like it's I think it's it's more than a regroup it's a fuck we haven't we haven't even got past it yet like they haven't they haven't got to the top of the hill yet like they run out of steam halfway through they're like fuck what do we do And I don't think well, they've got the answers I don't they're, think they're that group's sneaking got up answers.
1: against a cap like Chicago as well so the Blackhawks are obviously crippled by the deals that they gave to Kane and Taves Minnesota's not that far off with the fat money and the very 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 long term deals that they had to pretty San suitor so you know, they're in a fairly similar position as well. Um, and look, they do have a lot of young talent. That's fine. But I kind of feel like the young talent's been playing behind enough matured guys that and uh, what am I trying to say? You, what you are need you to have to your say? steady mix of vets and youngsters, right? Yeah. There reaches a point where you do need to very carefully manage it where the vets are in place to protect and groom your youngsters so that they can come up and take the torch. I feel like Minnesota's at the point where maybe the older guys may have slightly overstayed their welcome, not as in they shouldn't be with the team anymore, but as in the time for them to start, you know, reducing their minutes and their role a little bit to see if the young guys can rise to the challenge. That probably should have occurred in the last 12 months or at the very least that needs to happen right now. Like, they can't rely on Miko Koivu forever. At some stage, Charlie Coyle needs to step up and take that gig.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. But, I mean, I'm just looking through the their their cap space, their available cap space in the minute. It's kind of fucked. And additionally, they have a lot of dudes they need to re-sign for next season. Like they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, they've got seven or eight restricted free agents coming up for, for re-signing at the end of next season. And the fact that they also have three five, no, six unrestricted free agents coming up to the next year. So you can see very clearly that this year was designed for a, for a, a run, a deep run too, because literally mm. they 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 can't fulfill the contracts for the next year based on the fact that there's there's dudes that they they're gonna, definitely going to lose. Like like for instance, Grunland, is go. He's looking to he's going to be walking next year.
1: Same with No, nah, nah, they, they won't let Grunland go. He's this this was his breakout year. They'll sacrifice an older head for him. Well, like they're, they're going to have to. They'll do everything they can to protect Grunland, um Eric Haller. Um, who else is there? Charlie Coyle. Uh, those kinds of dudes, they're going to have to, this this could be that bite the bullet off season where it's like, do we have one last run where we probably make the playoffs and get bundled out with the old boys or do we commit to the young guys and send the old boys packing?
0: I feel like, like we've been talking about all year, um, I feel like this is the time to maybe let someone like a Pommonville walk because he feels five... No, nah, they point-
1: can't. He's got, a, he's got a no movement clause, they is don't, my understanding.
0: But they can choose not to protect him.
1: No, that's not how that works. If he's got a no-movement clause, then you're forced to protect him.
0: Uh, I don't know if he does it. You know what? I will look into it a little more. And by that, I mean I'll do it later because we've got more things to talk about that are more interesting.
1: Bear with me two seconds because I'm looking at it right now. So yeah, you know- Commonville. He's got a no-trade clause, no movement clause. Oh, he's fucked. So up. He, he, yeah, he has to offer to waive that for them to move him.
0: Oh, and no chance. And he's also the no joint oldest player on
1: the roster. No both 34 chance. thirty-four along with Koivu.
0: Oh, no chance. That's and and he's contracted, if I'm not mistaken, until 2021. Oh, yeah. That's 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 a rough.
1: because that- they need to because like they need to protect. You've got Coil. <laughs> you've got Grunlin, You'd want to protect Nino Niederreiter. You want to protect Jason Zuko. Um. Yeah, Eric Haller. Like I said.
0: Yeah, it's just it's, uh, and it's then crazy at the back
1: end. Look at that. You got Suda, Spurgeon, Brodeen, Scandella, I Dunbar. I know it's it's so Bowen. deep. Like, all of those dudes are solid defensemen. Oh, so know, you're gonna right? lose one to two of them.
0: Exactly. And so based on. I mean, this probably isn't extremely interesting listening, but what I will say is based on that, you can see very clearly that this is a team that was custom built for a good run this year and it hasn't paid off. So it means that they're going to have to completely rethink their strategy moving forward. Like they're going to need to totally rethink what they're going to do, and they're going to have to rethink the strategy. For like you said, is it time to do a slight retooling and perhaps miss the playoffs next season, um, rather than have a crack right now? Because like unlike with other teams, maybe this isn't the chance, the time to go for it. Because let's be honest, this team with the coach that they've got isn't built for winning. Like they, it's just not going to happen.
1: Mm, I don't know, John. I don't know.
0: It could be anyone's game. Who knows? Uh-
1: Hey, I've got something else I would like to talk about, if that's okay with you.
0: Oh, it's more than okay, Cam. This is this is your show. Have at it, son.
1: Oh, thank you. So, we talked about this a little while back, and we've waxed lyrical about the NCAA and players not getting paid. And now this week, they have announced that a one hundred and eighty million dollar lawsuit slash Woo! class action has been taken out against the OHL on the grounds that OHL players have received less than minimum wage. The lawsuit is to cover back wages, overtime, and vacation pay. The league's three U.S. teams are exempt. Figures show that the players on average have only been paid $35 a week for up to 65 hours of work, which is a gross breach of Canadian employment law.
0: Uh, Yeah, this has been a long time coming, and I'm surprised that it's hockey leading the way. I mean, there's obviously a class action lawsuit with a couple of the minor leagues um, in 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 the baseball in the states, um, but it's, it's for a very similar. But it's funny that um, that the NHL is kind of not paying so much attention to this. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, uh, this this is very interesting. I, I'm I'm really keen to see how this goes. Like and
1: well, the NHL is very good at trying to pretend things aren't happening. I yeah, yeah. I saw a post this week about the NHL is now trying to shift the blame for the concussion lawsuit they're now saying the guilty party is actually the players association, association yeah. and not the league <laughs> and the league saying we've been advocating for safety measures for years. And it's the association that's fought us on it.
0: This is the most ridiculous thing. This is like the time that Trump posted a, uh, a, what would you say? A surreptitious photo of someone. And then his response was she started it. Like this is a four year old's argument. Like, Oh, but they, they've been stopping us from, no, haven't been stopping you from doing shit. You're the fucking governing body. Stop it. Um, and I that's really, what,
1: I really want some insanely rich group of businessmen to swoop in and say we are starting a rival league and we don't care for your traditions and fuck it. Like yeah, Adam just Silver, the them. NBA commissioner, is an <laughs> absolute legend, right? I would love Adam Silver to say, you know what?
0: We're in. I'm not a,
1: <laughs> I'm not a hockey guy, but I'm a good businessman and I'm not an arsehat. I will, I will be a dual commissioner. I'm going to do the NHL, right, or whatever it's going to be. Let's say they call it the. The, the GHL, the Global Hockey League, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And everyone, he, he gets all these power brokers in and all these very, very wealthy people. And he says, you know what? This is absolute baloney. We've got a great product and they fuck you, it up. We're just going to start a rival league. Let's go. Let's pull in all our favors. We've got new TV deals and we're going to usher in 30 new teams. The LA Kings find the Kings can have them, the Los Angeles can have them. We are now going to start a team called the, I don't know, Los Angeles sitcoms. Who gives a shit, really?
0: <laughs> and just have at it, right? I mean, it has and happened before. It. Just
1: it ha- have at it.
0: It happened before with the World Hockey League, and it failed miserably. But you know what?
1: World Hockey Association, and yep. technically, it didn't fail miserably because they did force the NHLs end
0: and they got and bought they out forced the a end. merger. They got bought out in the end, right? So, and you know, maybe not far off. But I, mean, I
1: after, mean after by the way, after League Power Brokers famously said we would never consider a merger with those people.
0: And they're like <laughs> we're like and they're like, you know what? We see that action and we'll raise you ten.
1: But look, back onto this OHL thing. So the OHL's so... position
0: is that that the players are amateur student athletes and that they can't afford to actually play their pay their players. What they would consider to be minimum wage, and that they they get all the benefits of being a student athlete, such as you know the we give you the board and we give you the the training facilities and we give you the, the this and the that. Pay your players, man. Like that, they're, they're, you're essentially treating them like indentured servants. Pay them, pay them the cash. I, Avoid the Fab like, Five situation.
1: I like when you and I take different sides to an argument, really. Well, I'm not just going to jump in and say pay the players because we, the public, don't know enough about how this all works. And hear me out.
0: Oh, there's there's obviously a lot of factors here, but I, I feel like they need to be paid more. That's all I'm saying, right?
1: Well, I I saw a quote today, and I can't remember who it was. It was actually from a former NFL player, and he said, here's where we're all fucking up. And it's the first time anybody said it like this, and it's actually stopped and made me think. He said, at the moment, we class our athletes in, in two black and white categories and it's as simple as that it's you're an amateur or you're a professional if you're an amateur you don't get paid if you're a professional you do get paid and he said that's where we're making a mistake because student athletes are not amateurs nor are they professionals they are a third standalone category of athlete and we need to reevaluate how we deal with them and subsequently introduce a entirely new model for them they're not an amateur they're not a professional they're something else we need to stop trying to hammer the square peg into a round hole, and trying to fit them into either the amateur or pro category. They're their own category. Let's build it from there.
0: Yeah, and you know that actually, I, I'm surprised that actually makes a lot of sense. But I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, we saw this. We've seen this happen with basketball so many times. Um, there's a there's a class action in the minor leagues in baseball, um, which has been um, put on hold until 2020, which is about the exact same thing. Um, where players who are playing in the minor leagues, such as the um, the OHL, uh, are not—they uh, believe they're being wronged because they're not getting paid. Well, maybe maybe it's not they're not being paid. Maybe it's that they're not getting paid for what they consider to be valuable work. And so maybe you're right that there is actually a, a, another consideration—the fact that well, they're student athletes—and that maybe we need to actually think about how we go about paying them and what the rules are about that. Um, I, I, I think thing, it's one interesting.
1: thing that's got me scratching my head, and it seems so simple, no one has been able to present a budget yet, as in there's articles all over the internet about these issues, and there has been for years, about uh, collegiate athletes and the junior players aren't getting paid enough, blah, blah, blah. And then people turn around and say, oh, well, they get paid their board, and they get paid this. Can someone please just publish a spreadsheet onto an open source website for us all to look at, which has a few very simple categories, and it says, right, here's what... Per player, here's what they they cost us on a weekly basis. Yeah, where's, this, Housing, where's the account spreadsheet? Utilities, equipment, transport, any other logistics, on ground expenses, medical, dental, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Mate, yeah. i managed to put the budget day. onto a website. Come how how the is budget
1: it? shows that each of these people costs us six hundred and ninety two dollars a week.
0: Well, then they don't exactly, but we again we we're, we don't have these facts. Like, if, 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 if to to get a player on the ice in the ohl if it costs a thousand dollars a week well then perhaps that could be eaten up as part of a salary or perhaps that is the operational costs that are worn who knows where it lands but at the end of the day like nobody knows how much it costs and i mean teams are different like all teams have different operating costs and so on but it there is a basic figure that it costs such as equipment ice time such as training facility There are, there are, there's a, there's a, I guess, a baseline cost to getting a player out there, right? Particularly in a lot of people paying for that,
1: though, because here's the thing so, some dickhead, let's say his name's Don Cherry, his his, his contribution (laughs) to this conversation was, yeah, well, a stick costs a thousand dollars these days, so if you want to. If you want to start paying these junior players, it'll kill hockey. Well no sticks don't cost a thousand dollars. Some don't? of them cost a thousand dollars. Most of these kids are playing with three to five hundred dollars sticks. Don't be a dickhead. Anyway, my point is though, they say, right, um, you know, it costs us X amount to house them in this market. I'm sure every market's different. It is every market would have different rental costs. It does.
0: My God, that's how markets and, work. and that
1: so break my it down God. market by market. What are your costs? Is there a better way to do it? If equipment hire, if sorry, if equipment fees are, are what you believe to be the backbreaker in your budget, surely somebody collectively can negotiate a deal where you are buying in such mass quantities that are, you are you are getting vast discounts and you can bring your, your operating you, costs down that way. Would you suggest like, that perhaps I to they're do already this doing shit that? For a living. It's not hard to make a budget work if you hustle it in the right manner.
0: And that's what has that's what has me ticked off, right? Because they're obviously already doing that. Like, no organization in the world that's been running for that long doesn't have this stuff in place already. And I know how much they charge for tickets in certain locations, particularly in Vancouver and Toronto, to see these junior junior clubs play at the junior level when they play in same size stadiums that Canucks play in. Like, <coughs> it's not, it's, they're not doing, they're, they're not having a hard time of it. Let me put it that way, right? And so that kind of bothers me, wherein these are. These are teams that are being run like organizations. Like they 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 call themselves an organization, not a team, right? And that that worries me because then you have got guys who, I mean, we saw this. Like, I mean, I keep coming back to it, but we saw this with the Fab Five, like all those years ago. But they were getting screwed. I mean, it's not too, it's not too far off. Like, I mean, the players are obviously like, well, everyone's wearing jerseys. I'm in that jersey. Yet, I'm not seeing any return for the effort that I'm putting in other than, I mean, yes, I'm trying to play, play for a spot in the NHL and I might already be on a contract, but their day-to-day living, they're probably thinking, well, fuck, it'd be nice to be able to, you know, go out for a nice meal or something.
1: And I, well, look, I, I, I want to separate this from the NCAA purely on the grounds so that the NCAA and their One football and basketball programs are so much bigger than the OHL. was oh, ever going to be. I, I almost think that conversation needs to be separated now because what those guys were griping about is the millions of dollars being made from Chris, Chris Webber jersey sales. Oh, the, no the one upon junior millions. player in the OHL is selling millions of dollars worth of jerseys. Like At his peak, Connor McDavid was not generating millions of dollars of junior jersey sales. It just no. doesn't happen that way. Well,
0: I think it's but interesting that the way that they've attacked it is... Through employment law and like Canada's employment law is very similar to our own um, here in Australia. So I think the grounds for this are pretty solid. And that's why I'm like, well, I think you're right. Produce a well, couple of spreadsheets. This. Look at this. Like Show a us what's band up. Budget,
1: right. So if they're saying we pay all your expenses and then you end up earning $35 a week, yeah. that's not really much, coaches. Like, so if, if you're a fully operational touring band, and you go on to it, your equipment is covered as part of the budget, and your flights and your on-ground transport's covered, and your visas and your accommodation, and all those things that are also covered for a hockey player. In addition, the bands, each member would receive a per diem, and then they would they would receive a weekly salary. And I'm obviously I'm talking about bands operating at a certain point. So if a band in Australia who is capable of putting a 1,000 people in a venue per night can have a functional budget where on top of all those costs, they're getting X amount of money. Why can't that be done by a large scale organization in Canada?
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, it feels like they just don't have good spreadsheet game. And luckily, Cam, we have phenomenal spreadsheet game because being, being, I guess, an IT nerd has, in real life, it, it actually gives you some real life skills, such as being able to balance a spreadsheet and being able to show Earnings versus losses for the financial year, and what your projections are for the year ahead. It's not that mm-hmm. hard. I do this. In fact, I just finished it for next financial year. Two weeks this 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 week coming. Actually, I will be having finished. I put together look, a multi-million-dollar budget, and I'm I'm not going to spend over that because I'm not a fuckhead, and I'm going to be able to pay and, all my staff.
1: And look, we're obviously simplifying it a little bit. Are but we? The those? point remains is that I. I'm not going to jump on and say, pay your players and pay them this much money because I'm, I'm, I would like to see a little bit more information as to how much this will cost. The other thing you need to remember as well, these are junior players, right? Are they? Correct. So let's so, like, yeah. So this is the <laughs> OHL. So players, <laughs> yeah, are, between 16. You're players right. are between 16 and 20. What's the salary that's paid to a 16-year-old working at Burger King in Australia? I
0: don't know, like $32,000, i would say.
1: About $32,000, yeah, which is about $570 a week, let's say. Give or take. Which is around $14 or $15 an hour. Yeah, ish. So so do we just need to bring the players in line with minimum wage laws across North America and pay them $15 an hour?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what I mean when I say pay your players. Like, I feel like there's just – there's I feel like they're resistive, but I mean, I, I, I've seen, you, you've you seen these teams and you see the the stadiums and stuff that they play and you see the money, the potential earning factor that they do have. Um, I, I think that there's, there's obviously a few old boys that have done quite well for themselves and I feel like Let's just produce a couple of spreadsheets. Let's do a couple of PowerPoint presentations and let's just nod it out, man. Like, let's let's play mediator in this situation. Do you want to
1: actually commit to that? Well, look at this, right? Minimum wage, $15 an hour on a 40-hour working week, $600 a week. Let's say they're not going to get paid over time and their additional perks package. So their perks package rather than company bonuses is their equipment and their housing and all that shit. I reckon you and I should sit down. Let's legitimately work out.
0: I feel like we could work the, it out. And we, All
1: the taxation shit we have to for the various. Yeah, yeah we can do that. We'll there's, there's a, that.
0: There's a tax calculator. We could easily knock this out. We could knock this out in like 25 minutes and commercial. Like, this is easy.
1: Yeah, I'm into it. All right, before we delve too far into um, basic economics, because the OHL seems incapable of doing so. How? Do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about drugs?
0: Uh, I would love to talk about drugs but not the drugs you're thinking about. I would love to think of, I would love to talk about the non-performance enhancing drugs. I'd love to talk about what would, uh, what is what the the league would consider quote-unquote recreational drugs and how in which the league is choosing to enforce their policy, which let me start by saying was written by a 4-year-old in crayon.
1: All right. So let me lead off with a quote, and we'll go from there. So, complete hockey news, as always. Posted a rather belting, uh, a belting series of quotations and comments, and it reads as follows: All NHL players were tested for recreational drugs, including marijuana and coke, for the first time this season. The NHLPA has confirmed to TSN. Players who test positive are contacted privately and asked if they need help. It's only players convicted of a drug-related offense that are automatically involved in the league's substance abuse program. The NHL and the NHLPA decided in the change in policy in July due to growing concerns over a rise in players testing positive for cocaine.
0: My God, color is shocked. This is probably one of the most hilarious recreational drug use policies i have ever read and keep in mind i live in australia where the the uh, recreational drug use policy of the afl is quote unquote don't dog the boys full stop that's literally it um and however so- <laughs> however
1: i will say though that policy has changed somewhat since collingwood had two players receive two-year bans for testing positive to coke as there is something of a murky area now where they're not sure if coke is purely a recreational drug or if it's got performance enhancing benefits
0: uh, yes, which is one of the reasons why they're using it. And additionally, there are a number of other drugs which fit into this cam as well. One of them which would, I feel like, I don't know if I don't know if ice is the right word, but definitely hardcore fucking meth is included in there as well.
1: Yeah, well, it has to be. All right, so look, from the top, <laughs> here's how you can look at it, right? So the NFL is on record at the moment saying that they probably need to reevaluate their recreational drug policy. True. Because their biggest drug issue within their league is weed and obviously one high number of infractions but two it's not a performance enhancer and three now that weed's legal in California and Colorado and is likely going to be adopted by more states can the league actually penalize you for smoking a legal substance like at the end of the day your workplace can say this is our policy but But your policy doesn't override your country's legislation
0: yeah it's it's a bit hard to ban the bongs if like you can just smoke them in the street like it's it's a bit rough Um, I mean and especially for those in, in California and Colorado like but I mean, the big thing for me is the whole self-reporting piece. Like, so they'll they'll hit him up and be like, "Yo, so turns out we know what you've been up to at the weekend, pal. Like, mm. you're all right, buddy. Like, you've got yeah. Do you have any problems with?" I don't know. Maybe a little bit of weed on the side. Yeah. What? What? A, I mean, I know you've been taking a little bit of speed. Do you? Would you like to come and join our voluntary seminar on drug use? And of well, course, it's really, the players it's, it's going really to go. What no? <laughs> What's
1: well, really? It's really interesting. So let's say you've got two players. You've got player A, who we will call Drew Dowdy. <laughs> yep. And then you've got player B who we will call Mike, uh,
0: Mike Richards yeah, I knew you were going to say that
1: <laughs> well actually you know what that's not fair let's say player B is Jarrett Stoll, Stoll. so <laughs> so you've got so you've got Drew Dowdy it's even right? funnier and let's to be say somebody of that let and no, I'm obviously not suggesting Drew Dowdy doesn't no, no, you're, in his spare you're, time you're, at all god no I wouldn't I mean, do that yes, you're but let's say it, but somebody of Drew Dowdy standing so yeah, yeah. I'm saying they're playing in what you would call an A market yeah, yeah. in a big city with a party culture who's an A player and he's, a, and he's an A plus player yeah. and let's say they tested positive to an illicit drug but they never had any kind of drug related offence they hadn't driven their pickup truck into a Tim Horton
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so they, they, it's a, it's they, a pat they on they the bum tried to smuggle
1: yeah. Oxy over the Canadian border yeah yeah you would call them and you would say hey man we're a little worried but legally and policy wise we can't actually ask you to join the drug program yeah but would you and like to person would you be interested says, in
0: maybe, maybe a absolutely bit. fucked yeah, yeah like and so obviously that the league doesn't do. It. obviously through their agent they have a conversation like yeah we're kind of worried like so we did this drug test and like i mean yeah it's it's illegal and shit but like doesn't really go against the policy so like look there's a seminar that's run on tuesdays I'm not saying if he, if he wants to join or not but he definitely can like just if you know we, we have we have donuts and coffee just just come along like If you wanted to, don't have to, but just say if you wanted to come, you know where it is. You know what I mean? Well,
1: yeah. And then you've got Player B, which let's say they were called (laughs) Mike
0: Richards. (laughs) Mike Richards. And let's just say you wanted to take, I don't know, three handfuls of Oxy into Canada.
1: Yeah, and they would call you and they'd say, look, Mike, we don't actually care if you say you're too busy for our drug program. (laughs) You've broken the law and now you have brought public shame to the NHL brand. You... You are coming to Tuesday nights. And if you do not, you yeah. will be expelled from the league. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, hit Mike Richards is there? He's definitely at the Tuesday nights at, at the at the local church gym. Like, let's be honest. And I and I mean, I I feel like that. Unfortunately, that this kind of dog shit policy promotes that. Oh, but they're a really good player, or oh, but you know they're you know they're a big market player in a big market, and so we need to protect the team. Like, I don't I don't like this. This self-reporting, not mandatory thing—I I, I don't like it. It doesn't work for me. Um, and oh, I, well, I, let,
1: let, let me hit you with some questions, then, because I know, and it's very clear, you don't like it. Whereas I'm trying to be a little more devil's advocate here. I'm going to put on my—we shouldn't be demonizing people. We should be having a conversation at. Because I'm a bit of a hippie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. All well, right? I, I know how you were going to approach it, so come at it. Let's do it.
1: All right. Question one for you. Can the immediate effects of cocaine be considered a performance enhancing drug, at least in the short term?
0: Uh, I believe they've done studies and the answer is yes.
1: So subsequently, if cocaine does have performance enhancing effects, should cocaine use be treated under a league's recreational drug policy or could you be cited as a performance enhancer and subsequently dealt with that way?
0: Well, good question. I feel like you have to lean on the league's policy for that. And unfortunately, Cameron, if I was to look at the league's policy, you would notice that it's dog shit. And so unfortunately, that's not necessarily uh, answerable as to like, if you look at what the league's actually leaning, what, what the league's policing, it's very difficult to say yes or no to that question.
1: Okay. Okay. That's interesting. All right. What if I would put it to you like this? Some would argue that there's a lot of bankers, for example, that spend all day doing wines and they don't lose their jobs. So why is this any different?
0: Ooh, that's a good point. Well, I suppose, I mean, if you look at it this way, like, it's a sport. Like, you're not supposed to be cheating. You know what I mean? But that is, it
1: che- it- is it cheating, though?
0: I don't know. What do you think? I, I feel like it's hard to, it's, it's, it's super hard, like... I mean, it goes against I, the I, rules. I, I think
1: it's situational then. Because yeah. you said to me, what do I think? So if it's, I, if let's say I mean were situational an NHL though? player, right?
0: Like, how do you mean situational? Like for each player or each, for each individual player in each individual circumstance?
1: Yeah. So let's say I were an NHL player, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had a, and I had a game on Saturday night at eight o'clock, right? Yep. And at 7.53 p.m. just before I hit the ice, so I said, I need to have a piss. And I went and inhaled half a bag of coke and I was fucking charging. And I was flying up and down the ice like like Usain Bolt had suddenly strapped on a pair of skates and learned how to shoot.
0: Wow.
1: I don't Would know if it's racist Coke cocaine nah. has become no longer a recreational drug and that has become you a can, performance enhancer. You could
0: argue that, yeah. But I mean as a sorry, and what you're saying is as opposed to doing like 10 or 12 wines, like at the weekend I, after I a did game a bag
1: of coke after the game on Saturday and so I spent all Sunday feeling so horseshit that my performance in the matinee game at two o'clock was, dog was shit. so subpar I got stapled so to the bench and therefore it was the opposite of a performance enhancer
0: so are you suggesting that if used as a performance enhancing drug then it should be banned and therefore you should be punished as such but if you're using it just to get your ox off then it doesn't really matter
1: um, I'm not saying it doesn't really matter because my personal opinion is it's more like my, my personal opinion on this whole thing is very black and white. If you're a professional athlete, right? Your team and your league that you're representing gives you a contract and a bunch of money. And what that contract says is that however long you are employed by us, you need to represent us. Don't be a fuckwit and just don't do these things for the next seven years.
0: Pretty much. The
1: day after your contract finishes, go nuts. Do all the coke, do, do all the coke you want. I don't give a shit, but Whilst you're employed by us, don't do it. That's, that's my personal belief. Moving into the the realist, like, that like, okay, let's say that's my idealist approach. Moving into my realist approach, I'm going to say what you choose to do in your spare time at the end of the day is none of my fucking business. And if you're not hurting anybody and if you're not a jerk off about it and you're not bringing your name and the team's name into disrepute and you continue to be a good person, that's your journey, man. You can do whatever it's you your want. Journey. But if you choose to use that recreation as a teenage performance your nail, was then you should be nailed to the fucking cross.
0: Yeah, I feel like the grey line here, as usual, is the league is fully aware of the, well, you know, you know, they're just going to do it. Like, dudes are gonna, people are going to get high, right? And they're going to do it on their own fair, spare time. They're going to do what they need to do so long as it's not being used as a performance-enhancing drug, blah, blah, blah. I feel like the grey line here is well, what happens when they get wind of it and they don't do anything about it? Or even worse, they actively try and cover it up because it's X player or Y player or the fact that they are, well, yes, we have a reporting policy and yes, we are going to test you and we do have mandatory drug testing. And, you know, we we do know that you're doing dodgy shit and we know that you're bringing the game into disrepute. You're making, you know, you're fucking your team's, like... Uh, Your your teammates wives and you know you're driving cars through donut shops and they're not doing anything about it they're sweeping it under the rug and then you know oh it's for the boys um we know that there's a concerning amount of players who are doing illicit drugs that's technically illegal and we're not really going to do anything about it because you know they play hockey real good Uh, that's where it's for me I
1: i don't necessarily know if that's the case though because i mean Philadelphia identified that they had a drug problem in their locker room and they traded those players away
0: you see i like that move because they're like not for us and they'll move them on you
1: know the flip side to that is though it's not like they're fully dealing with them they're just making it someone else's problem
0: yeah how about we approach it like
1: this can you do it like this given how detailed drug testing is nowadays and how specific and how accurate it can be would it be if you are tested and found to have positive amounts of coke in your system within 24 hours of a game, you will be punished under the performance-enhancing drugs policy. If you were tested in August, two months after you've hoisted the Stanley Cup, and they go, oh my God, this guy's bloods have come back and he looks like Robert Downey Jr., they go, we are going to address this via the recreational policy because that's not actually impacting your play.
0: Yeah, man, totally. I mean, I feel like the... The old, the old, uh, like, oh, you've 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 been caught, but you know, we're not gonna really do anything about it. Thing needs to change, like, pretty fucking quickly. Um, particularly when they've got a world code, like that's like like the like WADA, who is an organisation which is designed to stop this, and the, like it feels like in some cases they're actively trying to like, you know, maybe circumvent certain players from getting busted because of who they Mm -hmm. are, which kind of worries me a little bit. I mean, it happens in every sport, but it feels like it's starting to happen a bit more now, particularly over the last few months and years.
1: Players are bored, man. (laughs) All right, look, I don't don't think we're (laughs) going to get any closure on this tonight, but I definitely want to open this up a little bit. So maybe I'll write a blog and I'm keen to get other people's feedback. But I think it's really simple. I think if you're pulled up on a drug test and it's within X amount of time from a game, and therefore, from that, they can realistically conclude that you were consuming cocaine in and around game time, and subsequently, you may have benefited from its uh,
0: so then you know, your from its
1: presence in your system. They can fuck you on the grounds that you have used it as a performance-enhancing drug. If you get tested and you fail, and it's in a time where it's not deemed to have been a performance-enhancer, i.e., uh, yeah, we found cocaine in your system, but the season doesn't start for seven weeks, then you get you get dealt with under the recreational drugs policy. Pretty simple.
0: Well, maybe that works. Maybe it's an everybody wins scenario where they're doing more reporting and more policing, but in the right way, as opposed to not doing anything.
1: Well, that's why I said it's got to be situational, because like drug use in everyday non-sporting society, the worst thing you can do is just berate someone and demonize it. Like You don't go to someone you're concerned about and say, you're a piece of shit. You know, you're doing blah, 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 blah. That's not going to help them. That's just going to drive them away. If you legitimately give a shit about these people and you would like to help them with what they're doing and say, look, maybe you can make some better decisions whilst you're an employee of the NHL, but rating them isn't going to do it for you. You need to have a respectful conversation.
0: So what you're saying is, after talking it through, everybody's a winner.
1: Uh, Yeah, let's
0: roll with that. (laughs) No, I think you're right. I think the more that, you know... I feel, But I feel like the more the NHL can take, take responsibility and educate, but at the same time, I feel like actively police as well. I feel like it's a good time. I feel like the NHL just needs to take a bit more responsibility, particularly the teams as well. I think they need to take a bit more responsibility. Um, and that that's a good thing, though, because it means that they're holding their players to account. But if they join in a responsible way, and I think it's, it's just better for the league. And it, and it means that, obviously, it will remove the, yeah, the boys scenario, which we currently have, but... Doing it in the right way can only mean better things for the players in the league. So good on us for Cam for actually talking about something serious for a minute.
1: I know. I can't believe we did it for that long. You know what? I need to get the serious out of my system. Let's tease the Colorado Avalanche for a minute. How how do you feel about that? Oh, my God.
0: This is probably my favorite story of the month. And I say that knowing that certain journalists from the uh greater pennsylvania region have said some ridiculous things online over the last few days
1: hang on so you're saying you enjoy the abs misfortune more than stupid pro penguins journalists making tinfoil hat conspiracies
0: yep i well sorry let me let me that's incredible it is incredible because let so for those of you who missed it and i don't know how you did The the draft order this year, based on the the draft lottery of 2017, was this. So, at position one, this year was not the Colorado Avalanche, but in fact it was the New Jersey Devils. At number two were the Flyers, and number three was Dallas. And number four, number four was where the Avalanche landed, and Vancouver at five, with the Knights um, filling in their first draft at six. Which, let me tell you, is just fucking golden. Like...
1: There's so much to take away from this, There's
0: so much! Like, I guess actively tanking doesn't work anymore. (laughs) Well,
1: here's here's the thing, and (laughs) a few people have said this already. Um, The Avs didn't tank this year. They were just fucking (laughs) terrible. They were
0: just terrible.
1: It's like they they didn't do a Toronto. They didn't trade away all their meaningful assets to secure picks. They didn't do a Buffalo, and they didn't have... You know the the fans cheering for their last regular season loss. They they were like they, they were trying really hard. They were just so incredibly terrible that they were probably the worst team in the NHL in the last fifteen years. And they had assumed that that would get them draft glory. Of course, yeah. <laughs> leave it to the Colorado Avalanche in <laughs> the current incarnation to blow it in some so way. badly in a year where there really isn't that much talent at the top end of the draft, and still and still
0: not even get in the top three like I feel like I mean I guess it's only one pick but I feel like for them not getting one or two is completely unacceptable like and that being said this is just this is just great like and and just a series of unfortunate events and them like actively trying but still being nowhere near like good enough to compete in the league they don't even get the number one draft pick it's just it's just it's just beautiful man it's just it's so good
1: Here's what I want to see, right? So, firstly, when it was announced that the Golden Knights got pick six, <laughs> GM, GM gets on the phone to Batman, right? And he's like, "Dude, we just paid five hundred <laughs> million dollars to join this lousy league, and you couldn't even get me a top three pick. What the fuck?"
0: Let me let me put it let me give you paint it this way though. Can you imagine the uh, the draft room at the Avalanche team, at the Avalanche uh, training facility where they're all sitting there and they're like. Come on, number one. Come on, number one. And then, what the fuck, the Devils? And then, you know, two gets announced, and three, and then four. Like, okay, four's not that bad. Five, Vancouver, six, the Knights. Th- the Knights don't even play have a whole team! And they've got six! Can you imagine how upset Just, they would be?
1: Do you know what it'd be, you know be amazing though, right? Like, they, so they Joe, want, they've signed Joe, one Joe player! Joe. Joe are and the Avalanche brains, uh, top rice are sitting there, right? The
0: brains and trust, get, as it were. And
1: they, they, they get picked for, and they're all cracking the shits and they're throwing chairs around the room yeah. and they're losing it. And then suddenly someone hacks their TV feed, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. just the back. It's just the back of a big armchair and like an old mahogany desk in dim lighting. And they're like, "Dude, what the fuck is this?" And the chair swivels around and it's Patrick Warren and he goes, "You fire me and you get fucked." <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if only i just i imagine that they would have been very upset and, I, and that that just makes me happy because like in a in a tale of woe like you went just when like avalanche fans thought it couldn't get any worse like not getting the number 1 pick for the year like, oh my God, that kind of stinks. Like, you not only had right. did you have the worst season on record for... Probably, well, I think it's the last 15 years. They Aren't they the worst team statistically since since 2000? Like, they're, they're, they're like yeah, the worst. Yeah, they,
1: they, they've got something like the worst goal differential in the modern era. Or at least since the... Um,
0: the turn of the century, right?
1: At, at, at least since the introduction of the salary cap, I, I think. I think that was the statistic. Yeah, which here's is just terrible. Like, here's what I'd like to see, though. And I know we've got some NFL enthusiasts that listen, so... This week, with the NFL draft, or last week, I should say, the Chicago Bears got wind of the fact that the San Francisco 49ers were looking at drafting Mitchell Krabinski, right? Now, this was an absolute smokescreen. There was no validity to do it, but the 49ers did such a good job of making Chicago think that they were going to go after their player, that for the, for the Bears to move up one spot from overall three-pick to overall two-pick, they traded... Everything. They absolutely mortgage their future, all their current picks, their future picks, <laughs> just to move up one spot it's like to get draft Trubisky day all over again. And then the 49ers turned around and drafted someone else and said, yeah, we never had any interest in drafting Mitch Trubisky. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's, what like, I see happening it's like Draft Day 2. This is amazing. Is is a desperate Colorado avalanche outfit, right? Oh, they're going to try and trade someone up. somewhere is going to say to them, if you're not in the top three in this draft, you're not getting a franchise player. You need to do whatever you have to do to get, to get one. that third pick oh, of Dallas. God. And Colorado oh, will go, God. Oh, have, have Matt Duchesne, have Ty <laughs> Barry, have, Take it have all. This, have this. Take <laughs> my house. Take my wife. Take <laughs> my children. We can't use it anyway. My, Just take, take, take it. Take my superannuation. <laughs> take everything.
0: <laughs> we can't do anything with these fucking generational talent anyway. What are we going to do? We're going to yeah, fucking so trade away threes so anyway. they throw
1: everything at Dallas, and Dallas is like, fine, okay. give <laughs> us nine players, your home and your firstborn, and we'll give yeah, you okay. one, one extra slot, and they'll do it. And they'll draft this person, and it won't work out anyway, and it will be fucking hilarious. Yeah, man.
0: There's, and there's nothing better than watching a hilarious soap opera unfold in front of our very eyes, and then for it to be... Colorado Avalanche and for it to be their worst in fact the worst statistical year on record it only just adds to the fun and this this is just going to be so great unfolding I feel like you're right that there's going to be some ridiculous trade up scenario and that it's all going to go bust anyway this is great this is all great there's nothing better than this um, my God, let's get onto some playoff hockey though, because holy before we shit. do,
1: there's one thing that I do find really interesting about this draft because there's not a lot that's particularly interesting to me because
0: well, everyone's like kind of like, 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 like many
1: people have said this draft is not loaded with generational talent. The no, one thing I do draft. like though, with the Philadelphia Flyers moving into the second slot. And there's there's been some movement in the the mock draft rankings. So initially, the consensus number one pick was Nolan Patrick, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's been that for, since the last draft. Everyone's like, oh, this kid's yeah, coming.
1: Yeah, it, it's shifted a little bit now. So this uh, flex center right winger who plays for the Mooseheads, Nico Hishio, um, they reckon he could be of interest to the Devils. And I did a little looking at it last night. I did some analysis. It actually makes a lot of sense. And with the way the Devils are structured at the moment and with Nico's ability to flex out to the wing, they could potentially drop him right onto their second line and have that second line of Taylor Hall, Pavel Zaka, and this Nico Hishikid. kid, right? That, that's quite the line. What that would do is that would leave Nolan Patrick to fall to the flyers, and here's where I think it gets interesting. The flyers right now down the middle is Claude Giroux, Jean Couturier, Valtteri Filpula, and um, Michael Viccioni yeah. on the bottom line, right? Yep. Yeah. If you get a, a potential franchise center in the form of Nolan Patrick, yep. Sean Couturier is a fantastic top-line center. He's very much in the frame. He's, he's like a Bergeron line. He's a very defensively responsible, face-off heavy defensive center. Could yep. you bump Couturier to your number one center slot? Could you drop Nolan Patrick onto your second line between Dale Weiss and Braden Shen? Wow. Wow. And then you've got Voracek and Kacekny on your top line, right? And you give him Katuria, you give him something different. Does that mean that maybe there is some validity to these core jury trade rumors? And you say, right, we've got a really good defense coming together because you've got Gostas, Bia, you've got Provorov, there's other defensive prospects coming through now. If Nolan Patrick is sturdy enough to center our second line, is Giroux the piece we need to flip to Landis, A, a legitimate starting goaltender, and B, Maybe another winger,
0: and well, I mean, possibly. I mean, this is a classic, you know, minor retooling. and maybe they make the playoffs this next year. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe they just make it because I mean, they only just kind of missed it this year. And I mean, Claude Giroux's taken up. He's got that OV money. You know, he's getting paid what eight plus mil or something like that. It's he's he's on that OV cash until who knows when, like twenty twenty something
1: i got one for you. You ready for it? Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Well, Ben Bishop's rights currently sit with the LA Kings until July 1, right? Then he yep. becomes a UFA. Yep. Let's say the Kings find a way to get some money off their books, either via a buyout or they prearrange a move of one of their bigger contracts to GMGM, into yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: I see a buyout coming. I Here's a good one a for buyout. you.
1: The Kings find a way to free up some room and they sign Ben Bishop. And they do a sign and trade and they trade Ben Bishop to the Philadelphia Flyers for Claude Giroux.
0: Wow. You know what? I like this tinfoil hat thinking. This is great.
1: Well, what do the Kings need? The Kings need a little bit of leg speed. They need, they speed. need some distribution of the puck. They need some scoring. They need some vision. Giroux has had a down year. He is a very, very good player. Take some of the pressure off Copatar. Kopitar. Kopitar can't be the only workhorse down the middle. No. Right?
0: No, nah, then you—you you know what? You're right. I feel like this is a, this is a great combo, and I feel like this is definitely something that uh, this is this is our classic tinfoil hat. Who's going to get traded, and what, where's it going to go crazy? But here's the thing: it might just actually work. Like Drew, maybe. I mean, I went to a Flyers game. He didn't look that great. He didn't. Maybe he doesn't fit there anymore. I mean, yes, right, Drew, yes. The Flyers plans. for
1: Drew current accumulated cap hit eight point two seven five million.
0: Wow, that's huge, dude. That's but, that's over cap
1: But let's have a look at Ben Bishop, right?
0: What is he? He'd be on like, he was ben prorated. Ben from there. memories,
1: are, it's around the 5.5. Yeah,
0: yeah. But he, he would have been prorated on that on that contract. Though, okay.
1: This is interesting. He's accumulated daily cap hits now, obviously, because it's at the tail end. It's only a fraction over a million dollars. Ben Bishop's obviously got a lot of gas in the tank, right? Let's say the Kings convince him to sign on for 5.5. 5. Yep. And the Flyers eat. Three mil of Jerusalem salary and you do a straight swap. Ooh. Philadelphia down the middle. You got Sean Couturier. You drop Nolan Patrick in on the second line. You've got Velteri Fulpula. Um, you know, look at your right wing. You've got Forachek, Braden Shen, Wayne Simmons. That's pretty good. That, Left that wing, you've got um, Check Near Weiss, Jordan Will. That's pretty good. You drop a legitimate starting goaltender in there. And remember, you've got Provorov, you've got uh, Shane despierre, you know, you've got Samuel Morans come up from the minors as well. Suddenly, that's that's a that's a competitive little team there in Philly.
0: That's right, and then it, if you one for one, Giro for for Bishop you get maybe a few extra mil for that bit player when it doesn't quite work out. Or if you need to retool a little bit more down the line, maybe at a deadline, you can pick up that bit player for however much you want. Or even two bit players if you're going to pro-rider it. So maybe there's a little bit of validity to it. Maybe they need to jettison that contract because they're already paying Voracek the same cash for the same period. So, you know, Voracek had a pretty decent season this year, surprisingly. So maybe it works out. Yep.
1: You know what Boy I mean? Shack had a bounce back here. And also Los Angeles and Philadelphia have a long and story trading um, relationship. They
0: do. Maybe there's some credit to our insanity as per usual. Mm. Mm. As per usual. Anyway, um, so we've we've chewed up a, a well over an hour. So let's get us into uh, – we're, we're now knee deep in the, uh, the second round of the playoffs, uh, the East and the West. The West is going phenomenally with everyone getting behind – those kids from Tennessee, um, who are just eating it up right now, and they're looking super, super dangerous. The Oilers are still in mm-hmm. the mix. The East is looking boring, other than uh, like the Pens matchup. Um, so, I mean, your thoughts, Cam, on the on the on the second round? I think it's gone as almost as well as we could have hoped um, with as, the teams there. As expected, that are there.
1: it's gone as expected. And I tell you what, though, I'm so high on Nashville. Um, Everyone that is. game Today, looking at the footage, the crowd, yeah. reading that Nashville for the first time in their history sold out all 41 home games. The different anthem singers they get in. I love the fact that they've got that car out the front of the arena that fans can smash yeah, up to celebrate. Everything about Nashville hockey is fucking rad. It's dude, so fun. They're and everyone's team. It's so team. light on pretension. Like I see yeah. comments on Nashville articles from. Fans from traditional hockey markets who are like, "Oh fucking Nashville! They don't even play hockey in Nashville. They don't know the rules. It's so new." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's new. That's good. Let them have it. You you should be pumped. Yeah, all these people are excited about the sport and are making it work in a non-traditional market. Yeah, fucking idiots. Get on board. Let them have fun with it.
0: Like, and that's that's why it's cool. Like, and uh, yes, hockey in non-traditional markets is always a good time. And we've said this." We've said this so many times throughout the show. We've had people on the show from non-traditional markets, and we're obviously all behind it. So fucking get around Nashville. In fact, you've got them picked for the Cup.
1: Yes, I do. I've got Nashville picked for the Cup. My start of the season pick was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, However, when it came time to submitting my bracket, I was all aboard the Smashville train. Like I've said to you, very keen to get a Subban Smashville jersey. Not jersey. Jersey, yeah. What um, about the yes, yeah, so Look, the Preds, and look, they, they looked the money today, man. I watched that game. Um, it was a deadlock. The Blues are the Blues are a fantastic team as well, man. Mike oh, York's yeah, done a absolutely. great job with them. Um, Ryan Ellis is absolutely playing out of his head. Subban's worth every dollar they've paid him. Roman yossi has been fantastic. Like that defense is incredible. And that that Ryjo, Arvidson, um Arvidsson, oh, who's the other one on the top line? Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson, and. Philip Forsberg, that yeah, top yeah. line, that Preds top line is Sick. absolute magic.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the Neal goal today was just out of control. Like, really, Not going
1: to acknowledge it because he's such a box of shit.
0: Yeah, I knew you were going to say that anyway, but my God, that was a good goal. Um, poor Jackie Allen couldn't even see the puck and it knuckled a little bit towards the end. And the only comment I will say again about today's game is that embellishment penalty against PK was bullshit. Oh my yeah. God, so bullshit. Oh, uh, you know bullshit. what? PK
1: has reminded me of a segue... What what have we gotta to do to get Mike Milbury off of our TV and internet forever? Like what did what he say? Is... PK was nodding his head, dancing during warm-ups, just basically being a good dude, enjoying some music have a and good Mike time. Milbury called him a clown.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm actually thinking that might actually be borderline racist, dude.
1: Like my... I was waiting for you to jump on that and say would he have called Sidney Crosby a clown for bobbing his head along to music?
0: Wrong. He would have he would have actively Taken the ice and presented, um, and I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Millberry, and I haven't been since he's joined the commentary team. And every year he says something which you just go, is that cool, man? Like every year, and like he was he called out John Scott. Like I I I'm not I'm not into it, man, and I haven't been into it for quite a long time. So I mean, i you know fuck that guy, and what, whatever we can do, we need to start a fucking GoFundMe to get him off. Well,
1: what what I want to do is this. I, I did have one comment. I was initially going to say that Mike Milbury is the Stephen A. Smith of the hockey world, but he's not. Stephen Smith is just a troll. Like he knows he lives in a clickbait world where hot takes are preferred over actual news, so he just says outlandish shit because it yeah. gets views. Milbury is probably just a, a good dude, right? Whereas Milbury's actually just a, a sack idiot. of shit.
0: Yeah, and but he just says he just says like just belligerent and outright ignorant white guy things. Because he can. And for some reason, people just laugh it off like, oh, that's just Mike Milbury saying Milbury things. I don't agree, man. I totally, I'm, I've am i been off Off. Off the Milbury train for quite some time. And I feel like a lot of the people listening to this show hate, hate him too. So everyone get on board. Like,
1: All right, we, We've got a new Holy Pot policy. Every time Mike Milbury says something stupid, I'm going to repose their video of Marty McSully knocking his ass out. Keen. All right, so here's the predictions of where we're at. The Preds are currently up 3-1. They're going to close the series out, but I do think the Blues will take another game. Yep. So the Preds are going to win 4-2. The Oilers currently lead the Ducks 2-1, and I know Anaheim piled six on them a couple of days ago. I actually think that's going to put a little more air in the Oilers' tires, and they're going to go, no, nah, that's not happening again. They're going to close it out 4-2. Uh, I think... Just because I do like fucking with you because you're so fragile at the moment, so fragile. Uh, I think the don't mess with my emotions, back man. And win four two.
0: I, you know what? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, there's so many injuries right now. How can they not? How can they blow it? How can they not win well, all here?
1: But John, uh, the injuries were intentional, yeah. <laughs> like, oh did, my God. Did, didn't didn't your boys hatch a plan to intentionally? They did, take they did. Out, take out key Penguins players. Isn't it was, that what happened? It was all
0: conjured by the Swedish contingent in the locker room. And, I mean, for instance, someone like, I don't know, Tom Wilson throws his hand up and everyone's like, no, it's too obvious. Don't do it. Niski throws up his hand at the same time as Ovi and they look at each other square in the eye and they say, We'll do it, um, and obviously that's what happened. For those of you who didn't, who don't know, who haven't seen what we're referencing, go check out our socials. We posted some hilarious stuff, um, which we stole straight from Reddit um, and Twitter, which is by some legend who thought up this and absolutely destroyed it. Check it out. Um,
1: yeah, look, we're, we're not going to delve into too deeply because a number of other websites and podcasts already have. But it's it's very very simple. The outrage from the Pittsburgh media and beat Just writers and some and select Vince. fans. I have oh outrage God. fatigue. I'm so sick to people being so fucking outraged by everything. There's been hyperbolic articles from the oh, news, too the, much. the too much. NHL's culture of violence. Oh, it, you've profited, you've profited from this culture for years. Yeah. How and dare now that you? you're looking for an angle, yeah. you want to, you want to, oh uh, you want to say negative things about yeah, it. Like, can't do it. Pick a, pick a side. Um, all no, I'm going to say is, aside
0: this, and it's stupid.
1: <laughs> all 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 I am gonna say is this. Yeah, Ovi slash Crosby on his way through the crease. It's the playoffs. Everyone going near the crease will get probably slashed. get yeah. slashed at some stage. That's right. Yeah. Niskanen hit Crosby in the head with his stick. He was given a major penalty for it and tossed from the game. Here's the other thing. Anybody can sell any story to you in slow motion. You can t- you can make that tale tell you whatever motion, you man. want it to tell in the split second that it occurred, even a top-notch professional hockey player like Matt Niskanen would have struggled to get out of the way.
0: Yeah, 100 percent And more importantly, Sid, who was one of the more solid skaters in the league, was unable to stop himself. So that says something about it. I don't want to get too far into it. There's been too much, too much spoken about it. Um there's it's just just ridiculous. Like the amount of things that are said, like it's playoff hockey, players get injured. There was no there was no malice, there was no intention to hurt anyone. Move on. It's the playoffs. Stop making bullshit excuses and enjoy the game. Fucking get over it, Pittsburgh. Like, my god.
1: And all I'm what? gonna all, all, all I'm gonna say is this, I wanna wrap it up with this. The Pittsburgh columnist Rob Rossi, who wrote this disgusting just piece of shit article oh my god um, it's not saying even clickbait this was an, it's just this was that an bad. intentional hatchet plan and blah 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 Ugh. aside from being an a plus ass hat he then went to the extra effort of filming a video of him talking directly to the camera essentially saying this is this is a trots plan and trots yep. is a loser and trots has no playoff wins and he made it personal first off it's fucking stupid fuck you're a you. professional exactly so you, you, sorry, you're an alleged professional making yeah. personal attacks about <laughs> a member of the NHL's <laughs> yeah, coaching fraternity. John and I aren't professionals. We're two dickheads. So we can be personal about it. And I'm going to say, you're a fucking idiot. You look like a fucking idiot. And you're 10 times more of a loser than Barry Trotz will ever be. Go suck yourself off.
0: I totally agree. And calling out someone who is very active in the charity community and very active Um, with his own family and is obviously a family man and has has a challenging family life. I don't think that's fair. And I also think it's not fair to call out someone who's actually just a good dude um and i had immense i had immense respect for him back when he was coaching the preds and i always liked him um and, I, and I'm, I'm stoked that he's the coach of the team that i follow and i, I think that's not really it's definitely not cool and i don't think any team in the, in the current nhl climate would actually go out there and say we're going to we're definitely going to injure this player and take him out of the game and anyone that suggests that is a dead set knob straight up
1: do you know what i want to end it with as well and for anybody in the greater pittsburgh region who's getting up in arms about it your team at one stage has employed Matt Cook and Tom Sestito. And then Chris Kunitz had the balls today to say, oh, I thought that stuff was out of the game. Chris Kunitz, who has uh-huh. done so many questionable <laughs> things on the ice in his time, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. You, cannot, it. you, you cannot support a team that employs Tom Sestito and has employed Matt Cook and then sit there and say other teams have poor off-ice conduct, and they want to take that poor behaviour onto the ice and hurt your players. You've employed people whose sole purpose is to hurt is people, to hurt other players yeah. outside of the rules of the game. You forfeit yeah. any right, any right to say anything in that space. Right. Seriously,
0: yeah, and just the absolute, just silly hyperbole that's coming out—hyperbole, um, should I say—is just getting ridiculous and. Hopefully, we can all rise above it and move on and hopefully have a good series. But I feel like it's going to be hard. I feel like the next few games, um, are just I, I don't know if the Caps are going to win, but if they do, I feel like the, the obvious cry is going to be, you did it without XY player. Um, there's forever going to be an asterisk if they go all the way, based on the fact that there's going to be butt hurt um, coming out of the Pittsburgh camp and then other, other teams who get salty will jump on board. I don't really care. I just think it's funny because there's more player, more, more, more fans out there who are getting butt hurt. But I feel like everyone kind of needs to just give it a rest and let the boys play. I don't know about you.
1: God, I hope the Caps win it this year and we can call it the Asterix Cup forever and a day.
0: Oh my God, I'd actually have a good time with that because like everyone would be cut. Like everyone will be cut. Like you know what I mean? Like I couldn't think of one person who's not going to be cut. No, that's actually what I mean. that kind of makes me happy. In a way, you know Very what I mean. Good. You know what I mean. You get it. You know. Anyway, so we haven't covered the Sens and Rangers um, so far, Cause, but because
1: S- who cares, really? But I think the uh, I think the Sens will still, yeah, the Sens are going to take this series four two.
0: I was going to. Do you think the Sens are going to take it four two? I don't know. I feel like um, the, I, I don't. I don't know if the Rangers have a bounce back. I agree with you. I think the Sens are definitely going to win, but you don't think the Rangers are going to push
1: them any further? Nah, Sens have got a four two.
0: Sick. Yeah, I think Eric Carlson is just Jesus. Can anyone in Canada not stop and suck his dick for a minute? Jesus Christ. Every podcast that I've listened to over the last few weeks has just been literally opening up. I mean, he's a great dude and all, but I mean, everyone's getting on the Carlson train right now.
1: Even I'm on board the Carlson train. Stop being so negative. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe
0: I've read too much negative press today. You know what I'm saying?
1: All right, you guys know the deal. You know where to find all our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Holy Puck Podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: And then we've also got holypuckpodcast.com. There's a bit of of content going on there. And also, John and I received a rather intriguing offer email today. There's a good chance you may hear us in a commentary capacity in the coming weeks for an AIHL game. Oh, dear God, what have they got themselves into?
0: Uh, Probably a bit more than they bargained for, I would say. Um, So that's right. You can make sure you pick us up on all your podcatchers. That's iTunes. That's we're up on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, PocketCast, MixCloud, whatever else you can think of. You can hit us on. Um, make sure definitely make sure you hit us on SoundCloud so we get them stats. Give us leave us a review on iTunes if you can. It'd be great. We haven't yet hit the threshold, so it'd be nice for you know at least my, I'd be able to point to it when I go and see my mom and say, Hey, look, I'm Insta famous. That'd be great. Um, what else? That's about it, man. This is episode fifty. We've talked for a solid ninety minutes. Um, you guys have been asking for longer episodes, so here you are, 90 minutes of us blabbering about how much we hate Pittsburgh fans and beat writers, um, which is heaps, by the way, uh, in case you, didn't, you weren't aware. Um, so yeah, I mean, round two is, we're nearing the midpoint of round two, and I mean, a lot of all the teams look pretty good, except for probably the Rangers, um, which is, you know, sad in a way, but whatever. Um, I think there's a lot of storylines. If you're looking for a storyline, just have a look. Have a look at two teams, one in the East, one in the West. The one is the Sens, the other is the Preds. So many storylines, so much good feels. It's too too much. Playoff hockey is crazy, man.
1: Well, look, I would like to send you off with this. This is our 50th episode, and today also marks the 50-year anniversary of the last time the Maple Leafs won a cup. Coincidence? I think not.
0: I also don't think so. So that's it, man. Episode 50 in the bank.
1: Bye-bye.